and we're live. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Sheep Sheared Podcast. Here we talk about people, politics, and popular culture. I am your host, Austin Creed. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the show. So today we're going to talk about all three of these topics. And, okay, I've never heard anybody else talk about what exactly the... I'm coining a term today. For those of you who listen to the show, I'm coining a term. And if anybody steals it, I want you to know where you got it from when you heard it here first. We're going to talk about what I call the topsy-turvy turbine. The topsy-turvy turbine. What that is, is essentially, if you look at the modern culture today, and you look and you see these terms like gender-affirming care, uh, gender-inclusivity, ally, stuff like that, or whether it's the Green New Deal, or... Uh, anti antifa or any of these things that sound really positive and uplifting up front I call th- this constant influx of positive terms that are dubious at best the topsy-turvy turbine because it's the machine the Democrat machine is constantly turning out churning out these new terms that sound really positive and we're going to talk more about that in a second, but first what I want to talk to you about is, A, if you're new here, welcome. Second, I ask a lot of questions throughout the show, and I want you to actively participate. So if you want to, you can go follow me on Twitter, and over there, I uh, ask a lot of questions, or you can even look, sorry, you can look at different things I say during the show, or on Twitter, and you can interact with them and give me your opinion, because I want to hear your opinion. I want to hear what people have to say on this, because I think it's extremely important. But we're going to dive right into this. We're talking about the topsy-turvy turbine today. Say that three times fast. But we're going to talk about that today. And I'm going to give you some really great examples here. Exactly what I'm talking about, okay? Because let's be honest here. Politics are at an all-time high for one side hates the other side, and the other side bashes the other side. There's not a lot of bipartisanship anymore. There's not a lot of, hey, you know what? You might be wrong, but... I'm going to fight everybody in the court of public opinion to make sure that you could say what you want to say. No. No. We don't see that really anymore. And if we do, it comes from the right, not from the left. So we're going to hop right into this. First of all, my first question of the day is this. My friends, what do you think is the cause for all these these terms? Do you think they're good? These these terms like gender affirming care, gender inclusivity, uh, ally, um, advocator, stuff like that. Do you think these terms are good terms? Do you think these stand for good things in culture? Or do you think that they're, the way I think of it, as dubious at best? With They sound really positive. They sound really uplifting. And when you hear a term like that, you're like, oh, well, I want to affirm things. I want to be a positive person. Yeah. Yeah, I want to do those things. That sounds fantastic. Well, let me tell you something. I'm going to pull up some statistics real quick. And before anybody goes insane and wants to call me any names, I've heard them all, by the way. You're probably not going to call me anything new. First, I want to look up the definitions. So I talked about gender-affirming care, right? First of all, for those of you who don't know, in Washington State, they're talking about letting um, kids who want to be transgender and their parents are like, wait a minute, you're going to permanently really maim yourself or permanently alter your body chemistry when you're young. We don't know if you're 
able to make that kind of decision, considering that you can't get a tattoo, you can't vote, you can't drink, you can't do any of these things until you're a certain age. That doesn't seem to be the case when it comes to being transgender. So they're rightfully concerned about, hey, maybe this is a phase. Or, hey, maybe when you turn 18 and you still feel this way, you're an adult, you live in a free country, you can do what you want. But I'm going to read you what it says about gender-affirming care. Here's a definition. Hold on, let me... Hold on, give me a second. Let me, let me flip the screen here for a second. Here it is. It says, gender-affirming care is patient-centered and treats individuals holistic, aligning their outward physical traits with their gender Id identity and their gender-diverse adolescents in particular face significant health uh, disparities compared to their cisgender peers. First of all, all these gender terms are... They, ex they are exhausting, all right? They're just exhausting. I'm sick and tired of hearing about this. When I was in high school, okay, I'm 23. When this, when I was in high school, when I was in junior high, people weren't using language like this. Cisgendered, uh, gender diverse, uh, gender inclusive, gender affirming. This wasn't around when I was in middle school. When I was in high school, I don't remember anybody talking about this crap. And yet here it is, all over the place. And if, and if you don't let somebody do this then you're a bad person even if you care about this person and you're like wait a minute you're just a you're a kid being a kid means you don't know what you're doing you don't know what you're talking about and you're trying to figure out who you are now trying a sport is a lot different than trying on an entire different sexual organ okay and yet i'm the bad guy if i say hold on let's push pause for a second you're a child if you're 30 you do what you want you're not my business. What you do in your life is your business. When it comes to children, though, it's a little more complicated. Because, let me tell you something. You want to know? The, the rates, for, they would have you believe about this gender-affirming care. Look, if this gender-affirming care was the case that people got this care, even if I didn't agree with it, they got this care, and then they were all doing fantastic, they were feeling amazing, and their lives were so much better, I would have a different opinion. Truly, I would. Because at the end of the day, I want people to be happy. Life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. That's what we're entitled to in this country. And I want people to try to pursue happiness. So if people are actually happy about who they're becoming, then at the end of the day, I really wouldn't see all much of a problem with it besides the fact that it goes against my religion. I'm pulling up stats from UCLA. This is from UCLA now. Here's what they say. They say more than 60% of suicide attempts or self-deletion attempts among LGBTQ plus people happen within five years of them realizing that they're part of the community. So 60% of self-deletion comes from people realizing that they're outside the norm, according to what UCLA says. So if you get mad about what I'm about to say here, take it up with UCLA School of Law, not me, because I'm quoting them now. This says, a new study out of the Williams Institute at UCLA School of Law found most self-deletion attempts, 61% to be precise, among the LGBTQ+, occurred within five years of them realizing one that they were in the minority when it came to their identification. However, a single proponent of attempts, they said 39%, happened outside this age range. Okay, okay. Researchers examined a representative sample of the LGBTQ plus people 
in the United States from three age groups. The young, they say, which is 18 to 25, middle, 34 to 41, and then older, which is 52 to 59. Now, they say to assess the concurrence of self-deletion thoughts, plans, attempts, etc. with coming out with their coming out milestones, such as the oh my gosh, can I even read this on YouTube? Such as first um, encounter, so to speak, to someone of the same side of the tracks and realization of their other than uh, straight status. They said, let's see, the mean age of self-deletion, thoughts, attempts, etc. seem to track closely with the age of first realization of the LGBTQ plus identity, which is, which is 14, 16, and 18 for young, middle, and older people. What does this mean? Well, it means on average that the first self-deletion thoughts were reported at ages 14, 18, and 23 in the young, old, and the older cohorts. So essentially, my friends, this is what I'm getting down to. These, the care that's being given to them, it's affecting the young even worse. Because we're social creatures. We are social beings. We want to feel accepted in society. We want to find our niche. We want to find our people. We want what Every single show, TV, book, whatever that you see, it's always about someone finding out where they belong, making sure they stay in that group, and making sure that they don't, they are not alone. Apparently being alone is bad. I don't think so. Personally, I like being alone. That's how I am. I'm kind of a, what, what is the term, sigma male? I, 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 don't, I don't keep in touch with all this, like, beta, alpha. I don't, I don't care about it. I think, it's, I, think it's, I think it's dumb, personally. I get what they're trying to say, but how then people, you can only be one alpha, okay? You ever look at a pack? There's one. And yet, everybody and their granddad on, on YouTube, apparently, is some... Oh, I'm an alpha, and I'm going to show you how to be alpha while they're, like, beating their chest like King Kong. Okay, you know what? That's not how that works, number one. And number two, who can keep track of all this rubbish? Look, here's a bottom line, my friends. When it comes to these positive terms from the topsy-turvy turbine that's always cranking out these new terms, whether it's people like, uh, I call her Occasional Cortex. You know her as AOC. Shout out to Michael Savage. I think he came up with that one. I think people like her, people like Diane Feinstein, Nancy Pelosi, uh, Chuck Schumer from New York, all of these people, they constantly come out with these new terms that you hear them and they sound, oh, well, that sounds nice. Oh, that sounds so thoughtful and, and endearing and wonderful. I want to be a part of that. But when you look into the term, you're like, wait a minute, wait a minute, this isn't good. This isn't necessarily good and uplifting and positive. It's it's negative towards a lot of people who are not in this group. It's one thing to be positive towards this group and benign to the rest. But no, no. They take it, oh, well, if you're not for this gender affirming, then you're a bad person and you must hate kids and you must be bad, blah, 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 blah. You see all that? It's an automatic reaction to, oh, well, if you're not positive for this, well, then you're negative for that. You can't say that. You don't know me. You don't know the people who are saying that, and yet you're assuming something, and then you say that, and then the court of public opinion, or the mob, which is what the founding fathers feared, then turns on you with their proverbial pitchforks and comes after you. 
when you never actually said what people said that you said, but instead they said that you said it, so therefore you said it, but didn't say it. See how that works? Or in other words, if you don't toe the party line, you know, like the um, like your friends in uh, Germany did in the 1930s, at first they ignored you, and then before long, uh, they put you in a camp, or they put you on medication because you were sick. Just look at what happened in Russia, or the Soviet Union. My friends, I'm not trying to scare you. What I'm trying to do is I'm trying to wake you up to realize that they're using positive words in very negative ways, but they use it to try to subvert your your critical thinking skills. They try to get around, because for example, if they said, hey, this is a gender, if I took the word gender affirming and said gender transitioning, people are going to be like, whoa, what, transitioning? Well, but that, that's a big word. That sounds bad. That's Affirming sounds like, oh, I'm affirming you. I'm, I care. I'm acknowledging you. That sounds really nice, really caring. And most people, I want, look, I am choosing to believe here, and maybe I'm giving people too much credit, but I choose to believe that a lot of people are, they tend to be nice-ish people, clueless, but mo like most sheep, they're benign, and they just really care about themselves and their life, and everybody else, they, they want the best for them, they want them to be happy. And if they think that, pe most people who are not psychotics, they want people to be happy. Now, if, they're, if that version of being happy is taken from them, then they have a problem with it. However, if that version of being happy just means you do what you want to do, which is very much the American way, then they're going to accept it, which is why they come out with these terms called, these, these, these positive invoking terms, the machine, the, the topsy, oh, I say topsy-turvy because the terms sound good, but they're not. They sound positive, but they're really negative. They're the opposite of what they appear. Just look at Alice in Wonderland. It's the same idea. You, at first glance, you think one thing, but when you actually look at it for longer than five seconds, you realize, wait a second, there's something more going on here, and then you realize that it's actually the inverse of what you saw. That's what I mean by topsy-turvy. It's the opposite of what you originally thought it would be when you looked at it at first glance. That's why I'm coining the term topsy-turvy turbine because the turbine a turbine is something that's always cranking and always moving it's a machine the democrat machine the democrat media machine is always putting out these new terms that sound really amazing and really caring but yet look at this i pulled this up republicans and democrats according to the pew research center republicans and democrats increasingly critical of each other i mean this comes a shock to nobody Unless you're living under a rock or you could not care less about politics. But here it is. Here's the data. This was done in 2022. It says, now for those of you who are watching on YouTube, you can see the graph. But for those of you who are just listening, I'll read the graph to you. It says, majorities in both parties view members of the other party as either A, immoral, B, dishonest, or C, closed-minded than other Americans. And they show a graph. Uh, according to the graph, 62% of Republicans say that most Democrats are lazy, uh, immoral, dishonest, and then the Democrats say that the Republicans are unintelligent and closed-minded. 
How many of you, I'm curious, how many of you, if you are, even if you're a leftist, how many of you been called closed-minded because you're not just blindly accepting everything that's pushed your way? How many of you been called this? I've been called this several times. See, most people who would say that to me, they don't have a mind to close in the first place. So I don't know why, where they think they get off telling me I'm closed-minded. Most of them couldn't hold a conversation with me for more than five minutes before their mind exploded. Or they were just, they, they look like that literal image of your computer reloading and making that weird like, noise. That's what they, that's what they're going to sound like, their computer crashing. When it's through their brain crashing. But my friends... We're becoming more polarized, and this is not an this is not an accident. I believe this to be very engineered, because the more we're at each other's necks, the more the government can make off of the money, the more they can push things down your throat, and the more they can just look like a bandit from an old one of those old timey movies with a knapsack over his back, and they're just walking out the bank like a tiptoeing out of there. Meanwhile, the cops are arguing with each other. That's what's happening today. That is what's happening. Because you schmuck was too busy at the ball game. You schmuck was too busy yelling at your neighbor for being a, Oh, he's a liberal. He's a mean, uh, messed up guy. Or uh, that Neanderthal Republican. I, I can't talk to him. My friends, it's all smoke and mirrors. It's like what Plato wrote about with the, the allegory of the cave. That's what we're dealing with today. And yet, they would have you believe that, Oh, they're stupid. Oh, they're close-minded. Oh, they're just... They're Neanderthalic. They live in their backwoods, and oh, I don't like those dang Republicans. Or oh, those Bolsheviks. They're bad. Look, we could do it all day, but look at the look at this look at these numbers. This is no laughing matter. Because look, the more it is good to have discourse. Don't get me wrong, it is. The problem lies when you look at wh where it's taking us. When you look at the fact that. Unfortunately, too often, there's a lot of, there is a lot of problems in the world today, especially in America with, we can't even have a conversation about most things today. There used to be a joke about, oh, when you're at Thanksgiving dinner, you don't talk about religion or politics because that can cause problems. You can't, that's gone way beyond your family and now you can't talk about it at work, you can't talk about it at school, you can't talk about it with your friends, you can't talk about it really with anybody without fearing that somebody's going to pull out their camera and record you and send it to the internet and being like, oh, look at this guy, he's a, he's this and he's that. And meanwhile, you didn't say any of that. But that doesn't matter. What matters is in a world of clicks and views and everything else, which I'm a part of too, the further extreme you get, the more crazy you sound, the more your ratings go up and the more oxygen-thieving morons, the useful idiots that Lennon wrote about, they view it and they go up and up and they, they don't actually do research. They just react. I mean, why do research when you can react, right? Wrong. It's horrible. And I'm sick and tired of it. And I hope you are too because the, the topsy-turvy turbines always check out these new terms to get you excited about these. Oh, well, that sounds nice. Oh, that sounds so benign and wonderful and, and very comforting and safe when all these things are not and yet they'd have you believe that you're the crazy one they gaslight you into thinking that you're crazy because you don't support this and you could have any reason in the world but if you don't support it oh then you must not like the person or you must hate this or hate that meanwhile they're mixing up hate with love they're talking about how much they love but all they talk about is how much they use love to hate you they use love as a weapon 
against you. They use love as a means to attack you and to... They use their love as a shield until it's convenient to use it as a sword and then they use it as a sword against you. My friends, what do you have to say about this? Am I alone in seeing this? Am I alone with being the voice in the wilderness? I hope I'm not. I don't think I am. But if you want to talk about this, find me on Twitter at Austin Creed and you can talk with me about it over there. Talk about it with anyone else that's part of the community. And over there, if you go over to Twitter and you follow me on at Austin Creed, there's a donate button over there. It's a URL code next to my current location, which is the Fortress, Fortress of Solitude. Did a whole show on that. I thought it was funny. But anyways, all proceeds will go to the Patreon. I'm working on getting more content over there as time goes on. I want to post polls about what you want to hear more about. What you want to hear me talk more about. Because I want to interact and I want people's questions to be answered because I want to help. I don't want to be someone that's just talking about Democrats and Republicans and going home to collect my money. I think it's boring. I think there's more to the story here. I'll do my share of it. Make no mistake. But I think it's important to really talk about issues that people really ma matters to people. But anyways, my friends, until next time, this is Austin Creed, Chief Kishir Podcast, telling you thank you. And second, God bless you, God bless your family, and God bless the United States of America. We are out of here. Have a great rest of your day.